The following program is for informational and educational purposes only. This program does not replace medical, mental health, or psychological diagnosis and treatment prescribed by your personal physician, psychologist, therapist, or other health care provider. Please consult your provider for diagnosis and care before beginning or changing any program or idea discussed. Welcome to Tips to Keep You Healthy, Happy, and Motivated with host Kristen Harper. She's here to give you those extra tips that you don't always get from other health and wellness programs. Kristen has all the bases covered and just a bit more. Now, here is your host, Kristen Harper. Hello, listeners. This is Kristen Harper, radio show host. My show is Tips to Keep You Healthy, Happy, and Motivated on voiceamerica.com, which is the largest live internet radio network in the world. You can find my show on the Health and Wellness channel. Today's episode is all about you cannot trust the medical literature and say no to mandatory COVID-19 vaccines with Dr. Leland Stillman. Uh, We will be talking about... You cannot trust the medical literature. Uh, we'll talk about freedom. Why, why is Dr. Stillman against mandatory COVID-19 vaccines? I would like to talk to him also about environment trumps your genetics. Uh, Dr. Stillman is bearish on birth control. If we have time, because I have a lot of questions for him today, I want to ask him about mandatory masks. How does he feel about mandatory masks? And also this year here in 2020, the United States has been through tough times, including lockdowns, uh, mandatory masks. There's been riots and more. And I want to ask him, is there an agenda? So I will be interviewing Dr. Stillman probably for about uh, 40 minutes, 45 minutes. And then after I finish with him, I will give some health and wellness tips at the very end. So I'm just... Really looking forward to interviewing Dr. Stillman here. So let me go over his bio before I bring him on. It, his website is Stillman, S-T-I-L-L-M-A-N-M-D.com. Dr. Stillman became interested in natural medicine as a child. And he decided to become a medical doctor to obtain the best training and to learn the science behind natural and holistic medicine. And he attended Connecticut College and graduated in 2010. And he received uh, his bachelor's of science degree in environmental health and biology with a minor in chemistry. And he graduated from the University of Virginia School of Medicine in 2014, and he completed a three-year residency in internal medicine in Portland, Maine. And he is board certified by the American Board of Internal Medicine, and he practices uh, holistic and integrative medicine in Richmond, Virginia, where he grew up. And it is an honor to have Dr. Leland Stillman on my radio show. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. And how are you today? I'm well. How are you? It's a, it's a great day. And I'm looking forward to speaking with you. I saw one of your recent interviews. I was just really impressed and just felt that you'd be a perfect guest for my radio show. Uh, so, Dr. Stillman, I, I briefly went over your bio, but is there anything else that you'd like to share about your background at all with my listeners? No, I think that pretty well covers it. I mean, my background's pretty eclectic. Mostly it's 
you know, I've, I've found that you, there's no substitute for just doing your own research and reading on your own and putting pieces together because my experience has been that, yes, you can go to the best medical schools, medical centers, doctors, but there's so much more out there in history and in the literature that is just forgotten or buried or not paid attention to, which has been one of my, you know, terrible frustrations with the current situation is that, and one of the things that I, um, I've been telling my patients and that I've been promoting on my social media is the importance of looking at the total environment instead of just fixating on, you know, a solution to a problem, right? Whether it's a vaccine or an antibiotic or, you know, an injection of a nutrient. I mean, people are chasing, you know, stopgap measures and they're not actually analyzing the environmental determinants of disease in a holistic and comprehensive way. And that's what I really do with my, you know, patients. And then I work with people who I'm, you know, if I'm not licensed in a place like, for example, internationally, people who contact me from foreign countries, I'll still work with them in a consulting capacity because a lot of what I do is just education. It's not actually, you know, diagnosis and treatment of disease. And in fact, I find the whole, really the medical system is like a disease management system. I hate the word management because it implies that I'm going to manage someone's problems and not fix them. And, um, you know, I, I stopped thinking about diseases in terms of diagnoses. I started thinking about dysfunction and illness in terms of processes that were going on within the patient, that if we give the body the right environment, and the right nutrition, the body will naturally resolve. And that, I think, is the real, you know, spirit of natural medicine. Yes, absolutely. And there's so many different aspects to health, you know, like you mentioned, nutrition and uh, sunlight. I know that you've had videos on that sunlight and there's just um, the proper drinking water. There's just so much to it. And uh, I just I'm a huge fan of natural medicine. and I'm just really impressed with you because, I mean, you trained as a medical doctor, but you're taking this uh, natural approach. And it's not very common today that an MD is on this path, you know. Well, you know, what's funny about that is it was actually, it was the norm, you know, a hundred years ago because we didn't have drugs and then it became increasingly unusual. And there was really kind of like a, um, a golden era, I would call it for, you know, what's become conventional mainstream orthodox medicine. And so, you know, what ended up happening, though, is that we lost sight of the real determinants of health, which is really just basic stuff, fresh air, clean water, um, you know, wholesome, natural, local food, sunlight, physical activity, positive relationships with those around us. And we've created this perfect environment where if you're if you're making mistakes, you can absolutely destroy your your health. And so, you know, sadly, pharmaceutical um, companies and medical device companies and just big healthcare in general, because there's also hospital corporations and lab corporations, all these people making money off of people being sick, they've really hijacked the narrative and they've, you know, controlled the media for decades. And they also control indirectly medical school curricula because they control the funding for research and they control the medical journals through their use of advertising. And as I like to point out to people, that's not my you know, it's not my opinion alone. There's two books I read on this that changed my mind about it. One was The Truth About the Drug Companies by Marcia Angel. And the other one is The Trouble with Medical Journals uh, by Richard Smith. Uh, Marcia Angel was the editor of the New England Journal of Medicine. 
Richard Smith was the editor of the British Medical Journal. Those are two of the top five medical journals in the world. And, you know, the crux of my interview that, you know, you, you saw and it prompted you to invite me on the show is really that we can't, you know, and this is as a clinician working with patients every day, reading studies, trying to figure out how to best help them. I can't trust what I find in the journals because I don't have any transparency in how the data was collected, analyzed. And at the end of the day, I've found it's just words on a page. So what am I supposed to do? Just believe it. I've found that that just doesn't work for my patients. It hasn't worked for me. And then I end up, you know, finding my own research, doing my own digging and finding stuff that's been forgotten, ignored, that actually changes my patients' lives. And it's led me to basically ignore the big medical journals and also all the appeals to authority that my, you know, colleagues make when it comes to mandating or recommending their therapeutic uh, uh, modalities. You know, they're saying, we have all this evidence. Well, if you can't trust the evidence, then how can you say that you actually have it? What you're saying is you think you have it. And until there's real transparency in the scientific establishment, that just, unfortunately, we can't trust the medical literature the way that we would like to and the way that we are being told to. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. And, you know, you were just talking about, um, you know, we have this big pharma cartel here in America. And, you know, it's all about natural medicine, but how do we get back to a free market healthcare system that we had so many years ago where people could choose the best uh, health and wellness services for them, whether it was natural medicine or Western medicine? And we, we've just... Well, I mean, the real problem here is the media because the media is convincing people that socialized medicine and, you know, collectivist thinking is the solution to these problems. But invariably, you know, I've been shocked... I'm not really shocked, but I mean, I've just become increasingly disillusioned as I've gotten older. The answer in preventative medicine and the conventional thinking is always something that makes the pharmaceutical companies, doctors, or hospitals more and more and more money. And they completely ignore things like nutrition, things like good water quality. I mean, look at places like Flint, Michigan. I mean, what year is this? We're dealing with lead poisoning in America. And when you go back and you look at municipal water reports, there's tons and tons of toxic stuff in people's water. I mean, we, to get back to this, we have to just fundamentally have a revolution in how people get their news because the news right now is, you know, there's a saying in marketing, if you get something for free, you are the product. So people may be paying their cable bill, they may be paying for Netflix or Hulu or whatever, but if there is advertising in what you are consuming, that advertising is paying for your experience. And if you look at how the media covers health, they're always making a case for the scenario that makes their advertisers the most money. And to figure out what's going on with the American people's health, what's going on in society, I actually watch mainstream, you know, primetime television because the advertising tells me so much. Like I look at the primetime advertising and I see which people in society still have any money left. Who's got which diseases? Why? Because it's just there. It's in the pharmaceutical company advertising. And, you know, it's really, um, I just don't believe that the media is going to be honest about medicine when their significant amount of funding is coming from these industries 
that profit from this disease management model of healthcare that has been created. And until we get enough people in the public saying, we are absolutely not going along with this, you know, authoritarian, dictatorial methods of control that we've been, we've been faced with as, as a nation for a really decades now. I mean, this going dating back to the early 1900s when the medical system began to uh, be locked down by vested interest until we have a critical mass of people insisting on their constitutional rights. It's not going to get better. It's going to get worse. Yes, I completely agree with you. And so uh, Dr. Stillman, we've been through a lot this year here in uh, 2020, so we've had, I've talked about this earlier, but we've gone through the lockdowns, there's mandatory masks, especially here in Arizona and in many cities, um, as well as in counties, there's been riots, um, there's talks of the coronavirus vaccine, which Trump wants to send the military in to deliver the vaccines, and so what are your thoughts on everything that we've gone through this year, do you feel like there's an agenda? Yeah, I definitely feel like there's an agenda because, you know, what we're being told, frankly, in my opinion, doesn't really add up. And this is coming from somebody who grew up in New York City, has family in New York, knows physicians who were there at the peak of the COVID-19 outbreak. And I say outbreak because I don't think pandemic is an appropriate term for this because there's a lot of uncertainty that is not being discussed. So, for example, when I saw the you know report that the NFL had had as many false positives as, as they had had, I immediately thought, well, hang, hang on, how many false positives do we have as a country? If everybody and their mother is coming out with a COVID-19 test, when they tell me what the false positive rate is, is it the same for every test, for every company, for every batch? And then I started seeing you know headlines like motorcyclist dies in accident, you know, written up as positive for COVID-19. Or I started seeing reports of, of county health departments where everyone was positive for COVID-19. So all of this just reeks of some combination of incompetence versus um, an agenda to advance a certain narrative. And the most, I think, revealing data really comes from Sweden. Sweden's a case study in what happens when you don't have a lockdown because they didn't lock down at all. I don't even think they masked particularly much. And yet their spike and their COVID um, mortality was not that different from other countries that did lock down. To a certain extent, there's, this is comparing apples to oranges because the average Swede is much healthier than the average American. I would argue that the average American who's unhealthy is unhealthy because their government is really creating a society in which it's incredibly challenging and even prohibitively expensive to have a healthy lifestyle. But be that as it may, Sweden didn't have this massive spike in deaths that they were told they were going to have. And the media refuses to back down from their contention that Sweden did it wrong. They keep coming out with these ridiculous headlines where they just say, you know, the Swedes should have locked down. Oh, everyone's saying Sweden shouldn't, sh- was right for not having locked down. But look at these numbers. It's all ridiculous because when you just look at the simple fact that cases have gone up as mortality has gone down, does it make any sense to continue locking down? And the other thing that really bothers me about this is, is, is this. We're a republic. We elect representatives who are supposed to represent our interests. They are supposed to be full-time public servants. 
They're supposed to look at the data, look at the information, including stuff that we may not be privy to for national security reasons. They're supposed to come back to us with their opinions on it. They're then supposed to go and deliberate with their fellow representatives. And then they're supposed to pass laws, regulations, et cetera, et cetera, right? In the history of the country, the power of the legislatures waned and more and more presidents declare a war. And then they use war powers to extend these wars into months, years, decades. And you're seeing the same thing happen now where everyone who I find quite ironically wants to whine about how incompetent or evil or whatever Donald Trump is, are criticizing his handling of the COVID-19 crisis. They don't want him to be in charge because they think he's totally incompetent, but they also don't like it when he backs off and lets governors make decisions. And the governors making the decisions is something that I also take issue with because the legislatures are supposed to function in such a way that they have a a deliberated, you know, they deliberate the evidence and they make decisions. And really what you're seeing right now is a democracy or a republic that, in my opinion, doesn't work. Because if you look at the narrative that's being portrayed by the media, and if you look at what's going on on social media, you basically have politicians saying that they're for or against the lockdowns. But nowhere do I see anyone actually deliberating whether what exactly different states are going to do. And the whole idea behind the American experiment is to have many different states that can have different sets of laws and different you know, circumstances for people to live even legislating different levels of morality. And I think it would be great if instead of everyone pointing fingers and laying blame, and really, I think a lot of this is about dividing us against one another, about getting people to not actually talk about the real issues, like corruption in government, like the main, the you know, mainstream media being uh, unfair to certain partisan groups or frames of reference or, or, uh, or worldviews. And it's about dividing us against one another and getting us to argue about this, you know, virus that, you know, frankly, the data on is really, what, what am I supposed to believe? There's all these false positives, there's all these issues with testing, and yet the, the death count is going down. And at the end of the day, I'm a clinician working in the country, and I've worked in six states in the last three and a half years, and in 10 months, I've seen three cases. That's not a pandemic to me. That's an infectious illness with a lot of positive cases. And it's, it's been massively overblown from what they said it was going to be in the spring. And that's basically the bottom line. Mm-hmm. Well, um, I'm enjoying this conversation with Dr. Stillman. Uh, he is uh, so knowledgeable, and I'm so happy he's awake as well. And uh, listeners, we need to go to a quick break here. We'll be back very soon. And today's episode is you cannot trust the medical literature and say no to mandatory COVID-19 vaccines with Dr. Leland Stillman. Please stay tuned and we'll be back very soon. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Kristen Harper is a health and wellness speaker and founder of Perfect Health Consulting Services. She inspires people all over the world to keep healthy, happy, and motivated. Get a virtual health coaching or hair mineral analysis package at perfecthealthconsultingservices.com to help you get healthy and stay healthy. Also, go to kristenharperspeaks.com to hire Kristen Harper, a health and wellness speaker, for one of your events. Be sure to visit both of Kristen's websites 
PerfectHealthConsultingServices.com and K-R-I-S-T-E-N HarperSpeaks.com. Now is the time to take your health to the next level and become the best version of yourself. Do you feel that you aren't at your best when it comes to your personal health? Even if your doctor gives you a clean bill of health and says everything is in working order, perhaps you aren't feeling at the top of your game. Dr. Rebecca Risk overcame pain and fatigue despite all tests to the contrary. Learn how she put her health back on track and how you can too on Falling Through the Cracks. Live every Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on Voice America Health & Wellness. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You're listening to Tips to Keep You Healthy, Happy, and Motivated with Kristen Harper. If you would like to connect with her, reach out via email to Kristen at KristenHarperSpeaks.com. That's K-R-I-S-T-E-N at KristenHarperSpeaks.com. Now, back to tips to keep you healthy, happy, and motivated. We are back. This is Kristen Harper, radio show host. My show is Tips to Keep You Healthy, Happy, and Motivated on VoiceAmerica.com on the Health and Wellness channel. Today's episode is You Cannot Trust the Medical Literature and Say No to Mandatory COVID-19 Vaccines with Dr. Leland Stillman. And we are talking about, uh, you know, the agenda, like, before the break. And uh, this is just my perspective. Everyone, you know, has their own perspective. But my perspective is that I believe that the New World Order is being implemented right now. And I actually feel that uh, perhaps Donald Trump is on the side of the globalists. And he's actually carrying out the globalist agenda. And then I also feel like what we're going through, there's been a lot of hardships this year. Uh, that this is we're actually going through a cleansing and that we will have a bright future. And I also feel that we're going to have a new president uh, next year in, in office. Uh, so I want to move on to a different topic now and talk about mandatory coronavirus vaccines. Uh, Donald Trump has talked about, you know, eventually in the future we'll have the military delivering the vaccines. And I want to get your stance, Dr. Stillman, and how do you feel about mandatory COVID-19 vaccines? Because there are some states that have forced vaccine laws during emergencies. Right, and so that was actually why I ended up speaking. Uh, I spoke on September 2nd here in Virginia because our uh, public health officer, Norman Oliver, said that if a vaccine was developed, he would... Uh, make he would seek to make a receipt of the vaccine mandatory. He didn't go into details on how he would mandate it. Um, you know, this obviously the First Amendment of the Constitution protects us and our and guarantees our medical freedom. Um, you know, I don't really want to get into too much of of all of the politics behind this, particularly things like the New World Order, just because I don't consider myself a subject matter expert on any of that stuff. And I think mm-hmm. it's very hard to tell what's going on right now, I given just how much is definitely going on behind closed doors. Um, but, you know, the idea of mandatory vaccination is, I think, insane because, you know, ultimately the whole premise of our country is that you're supposed to be able to live with the risks that you desire, free of the intentions and opinions of other people. 
And if you're going to throw that out, what else are you going to throw out? You're basically creating a, you know, what I would describe as a technocracy where potentially unaccountable, unelected bureaucrats are interpreting data that may or may not be true and then telling you what you get to do with that data or what is going to be done to you based on that data. And that's, a, I mean, you know, even in 1984, there's no mention of forced vaccination. There's just a lot of social control. And we're obviously seeing very Orwellian social control coming down to us through big tech, which is, con- which is really controlling what we say. People who are interested in what I said, you know, in the interview that prompted this interview, will have a tough time actually finding it. I have to find the link and I have to send it to people. It's on LifeSite News for those of you who are curious to see it. And um, it's obvious that Facebook, YouTube are suppressing it. I've had friends try to repost it. It hasn't gone anywhere. Um, or they haven't been allowed to repost it without any kind of explanation from Facebook or YouTube. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, the, the forced vaccination is insane because the way that the current vaccination policy is set up we're told that the pharmaceutical industry doesn't have any liability for their products. In other words, vaccine injury is something that the taxpayer pays for uh, because in 1988, the federal government decided they were going to basically bail out the pharmaceutical company because so many people were bringing lawsuits against them for vaccination industry. To date, something like 4.4, you know, 4 point something billion dollars has been paid out by the taxpayer to cover harms done by big pharmaceutical company vaccines. But it's another thing entirely for the taxpayer to pay for the harms because now we've created a situation in which the pharmaceutical industry has no incentive to make their vaccines safer, let alone more effective. Now, on top of that, you have all of this data that I don't feel I can trust as a physician because they stand to make so much money on a vaccine if they can mandate it. And, you know, this is leaving entirely aside the ethical issues here, which I think are totally perverse. I mean, the last people to mandate, you know, medical treatment on people and give them absolutely no out uh, to that I'm aware of in history have all been in horrifically evil fascist dictatorial regimes like Russia or Nazi Germany. So why would we want to go down that road? And think about how bizarre what we're being told we should do is. Should we really go door to door and force vaccinate the Amish? I mean, are we going to force them to drive cars and like use electricity as well? Because there's lots of, you know, health benefits to lots of other things that we do and use and lots of modern appliances. So, you know, at the end of the day, this is supposed to be a free country and we deserve to be free in terms of all the risks we take, including whether or not we drive a car or a horse and buggy or get vaccines or take drugs, you know, or, or, you know, use pharmaceutical or recreational drugs. Yes. Uh, so we'll, we'll see what happens, but um, it just seems like it's getting closer and closer to these vaccines that will be coming out just based on the news. Um, so we'll see what happens, but I completely agree with what you had to say about the vaccines. And uh, I am totally against mandatory COVID-19 vaccines. And so uh, an issue I'm seeing, especially here in Arizona, there's uh, many cities and there's even counties that are requiring masks. They're mandatory. And I uh, just wanted to get your feedback on masks. And how do you feel? I mean, I, it's, I just have been really frustrated with it because I'm all about 
taking care of myself and being healthy and then you know there when you go to a store and there's have you even seen like security guards where they won't even let you in the store unless you have a mask on what are your thoughts I mean some of the police response I've seen to people not wearing masks is just terrifying and reminiscent of as I said you know very dictatorial authoritarian regimes and so I I hope that people recognize that as being totally inappropriate you know I mean hopefully the cops are not you know it's it shouldn't be anything more than like a simple traffic violation as far as how upset or violent the cops get and yet I'm seeing some pretty disturbing uh, footage of cops uh, taking down people who are not wearing masks in different parts of the world you know, at the end of the day, we don't actually have great data on how contact or airborne precautions actually prevent the spread of disease, which I think is astonishing. I mean, we've done some pretty extensive studies on this stuff, and yet we keep finding that there's no benefit in many of these studies. And I think the mandate is inappropriate, but I also want to reiterate what I said earlier, which is in a functional republic the representatives weigh the risks and benefits based on the evidence they have available and they make a decision for the people who they represent. So why are these mandates being made by governors for months and months and months when they could be deliberated in local municipalities, in counties, in towns, in townships, let alone in large cities, let alone state by state? And I wish that people recognized that the whole idea behind this country and what makes it so great is that we're allowed to make our own decisions and appeal to our representatives to represent our interests and then vote them out of office if they don't. And instead, everyone just wants to whine and argue and point fingers and place blame on people who they don't agree with. And then they want to gloat when they win. If they live in you know, a blue state, they get mandates for masks. And if they live in a red state, they get no mandates for masks. Well, I think we could all celebrate if we finally actually focused on the issue, which is we're all being basically dumbed down and conditioned to accept what governors and presidents tell us rather than lobbying our elected representatives to do what we think they ought to do based on our interpretation of what we believe, which is, of course, how representative government is supposed to work. And Arizona Governor uh, Ducey here, he actually allowed the mayors to make decisions as far as if the mayors want masks in their cities. And I would say that many cities actually, many mayors actually in the city councils approve the mandatory mask. I was actually shocked at how many cities actually require the mask. And then also here in Maricopa County, here in the Phoenix area, the Board of Supervisors voted for a mandatory mask mandate and then I'll have to do more research but in Bullhead City I believe I saw some individuals posting and I'm not sure how accurate this is but basically the city council of Bullhead they voted against the mandatory mask mandate recently but then I guess there's still issues with the mask in the city because I guess Governor Ducey stepped in is what they're saying I still have to do more research on that I'm not sure how accurate that is um, but mm-hmm. and 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 just seeing also just the children as well, you know, seeing them like if you're outside or, uh, you know, like uh, children with families and they're walking with their parents and they have these masks on. And my my other concern is too is just oxygen. You know, like you talk you talked about all these important aspects of health, proper drinking water, 
nutrition, but, you know, oxygen, you know, air is important as well, quality air. Um, so we talked about, so listeners, we talked about vaccines, um, masks, and I just have so many questions for you today. I've been going through your videos, which I find are fascinating. I've seen you on Facebook Live. I've gone through your blog as well. Um, I would like to move in the direction now of uh, birth control as well. And I, I'm on the same page as you, as what, what you had to say during your Facebook Live. I feel like birth control is problematic as well. But what are your thoughts on birth control? Because... Uh, seems that you are bearish. Yeah, that's right. Um, basically, I you know, went into medical school with an open mind and was taught that birth control was safe, effective, and it's obviously effective at preventing pregnancy, but you know, it's a, where it's prescribed for a lot of other problems, right? A woman comes in with an irregular cycle, heavy bleeding, um, acne that's worse during her cycle, she gets put on, on hormonal birth control. And you know, that all sounds good, but then you get into the research on hormones and bioidentical hormones, and, and then you get into the, re- into the research on how hormones are actually controlled in nature and just how powerful these things are and how many things in your environment affect them and how many things in your body the hormones then affect themselves. And this is why, you know, we ask questions of patients when they have strokes or they have pulmonary emboli or blood clots, you know, are you on hormonal birth control? Because that can predispose someone to clot. And we should really start by asking ourselves, right, what is hormonal birth control? What does it do? How does it work? It's really, and it's actually not natural at all. The hormones, what people need to understand is in order to patent something, it has to be synthetic, man-made not yes. natural. That's why you can patent GMO corn when you've gene spliced it, but you cannot patent corn that you've bred year after year after year in your own fields. The corn that's been bred multiple times is still nat- natural. The GMO corn is unnatural. When you take a hormone and you change just one, you know, one tiny thing about it, uh, whether it's the position of a hydrogen or an oxygen or the chiral configuration of a molecule, you can make an artificial compound that you can patent, but nobody can patent progesterone, estrogen, and their various variations. And the reason this is important for women to understand, and anyone who may interact with a hormone, is that these tiny changes have colossal effects. I mean, the difference between something like vitamin D and estrogen and testosterone is very small. It's a matter of, you know, it's just carbons, hydrogens, oxygens, where they are and how they're put together. Sometimes just one or two or three little deviations can completely change the effect of a hormone. And, you know, women, women I, I never have to explain how powerful their hormones are to them. They always understand it because they've felt how different they are with different levels of hormones in their body. So hormonal birth control, I still wasn't, I still didn't have that much of a problem with uh, because I figured, well, this is sort of a calculated risk that these women are taking. It may predispose them to blood clots or strokes or heart attacks or whatever. It may even predispose them to certain cancers. But at the same time, right, you have the right and, you know, I wouldn't tell you not to go out there and get in your car. I'm not going to tell you to just ride a bike or walk everywhere. We accept certain risks in life and some of those are therapeutic. But then I began having patients come to me who were on hormonal birth control and I started to do more extensive nutritional testing as I began to learn more and more about how important that is. 
And what I began to see was that lots and lots of women who were coming to me on hormonal birth control had radically altered nutritional levels and levels of, um, of markers of inflammation. And I would, I, you know, depending on the complaint, depending on what was going on, I would tell them to stop the birth control with the caveat that they needed to find an alternative form of contraception and see if it improved their symptoms, which were often debilitating. Because typically by the time you're, you're coming to see somebody like me, the regular doctor has not been able to figure it out and you've already had a lot of testing. And lo and behold, a lot of these women got better. And then when I retested their labs, their labs were improved. And when I went back to look at the, you know, the literature on birth control, it just became clear to me that nobody was focusing on how birth control really affected the long-term health outcomes of women in a really rigorous way. And based on the lab values I was seeing and the complaints that women were coming to me that disappeared when they got off of hormonal birth control, I just decided I could no longer prescribe it because there are other methods of contraception and there's, I don't know that I'm not doing harm to a woman by prescribing it. And, and I also, you know, before I even measure hormones, I'm looking at the patient's environment, diet, lifestyle, because so many things they may be doing maybe ruining their hormones. And when, you know, if you, if you draw, if you walk out to your car and you, you turn it on and you see that the, you know, the, it's out of gas and you just went to the pump. the question you should be asking is how do I get my car to the gas station so I can fill the tank up again? It's why did the gas tank run out while the car was just sitting here? And the same thing is true of nutrients. Same thing is true of really any lab I draw. It's not, how do I normalize this? It's why is this abnormal? Okay, so um, we're getting close to the end of my show. And before we wrap things up here, are, do you have any last comments for my listeners at all? And I encourage my listeners to go to his website, which is, again, stillmanmd.com. Any last comments? Yeah, thank you for having me on. People who want to know my candid and honest opinions on all things health and wellness should subscribe to my monthly email newsletter, which is called Dr. Stillman's Wellness Secrets. And you can subscribe at my website, stillmanmd.com. Well, um, I really appreciate you coming on my show today. I just feel like you're a wealth of knowledge and I just feel like you're just a perfect fit for my show just because I've um, been, I stand for freedom. I've been a freedom activist for a long time and Uh, We're on the same page, and I just think you're awesome. I think there's a lot of people that just really like you, especially on social media. I've seen that. That that recent interview that you talked about earlier, which has been so popular, I've been seeing a lot of people (laughs) talking about you. Yeah, you know what's great is that I have gotten an enormous amount of positive feedback, and I have yet to get any hate mail. Uh Uh-huh. Wow. Which I was shocked by. I thought I was going to get a lot of hate mail, but I haven't gotten it yet. Isn't that awesome? That's wonderful. Well, it's kind of interesting because it makes me think that the algorithms are working to sort of like everyone who's got, who's alternatively minded and freedom minded who I know found out about it right away. I mean, we're talking, and it, by the way, it went out on September 2nd. It was probably published on like September 6th or whatever at lifesitenews.com, it was only a week later that people really started, to, big people with big following started to repost it. And then it was that only a matter of days after that, that I was starting to hear from friends, 
you know, family who were plugged into the alternative medical space and also, you know, freedom um, and, you know, constitution minded people. Uh, and it, it's taken basically the longer it's taken for somebody I know to have read it, the more plugged into the mainstream media they are, the less interested they are in natural health and the less interested they are in freedom. That's a little bit concerning because it means that it's not getting to the people who actually need it, whose minds need to be changed. Although it is encouraging that it's frankly, you know, this kind of thing is still able to go viral because, you know, their algorithms are trying to suppress us so completely. Well, it was an honor to speak with you, and I, I see a really bright future for you. Like, I really do. And look at how much background you have, and you're so young, and you have all this background in education, and you, you just have a bright future. So, um, Thank you. It was, Thank you. It was, it was great to talk to you. You Thanks. take care. Thanks for having me. Mm-hmm. Bye. Bye-bye. Okay, and uh, listeners, this is Kristen Harper, radio show host. My show is Tips to Keep You Healthy, Happy, and Motivated on voiceamerica.com on the Health and Wellness channel. And today's episode is You Cannot Trust the Medical Literature and Say No to Mandatory COVID-19 Vaccines. I did speak with Dr. Leland Stillman, and uh, make sure you continue to uh, tune in here because after the break, I will be talking about why I am not a fan of hypnosis, so please stay tuned. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Kristen Harper is a health and wellness speaker and founder of Perfect Health Consulting Services. She inspires people all over the world to keep healthy, happy, and motivated. Get a virtual health coaching or hair mineral analysis package at perfecthealthconsultingservices.com to help you get healthy and stay healthy. Also, go to kristenharperspeaks.com to hire Kristen Harper, a health and wellness speaker, for one of your events. Be sure to visit both of Kristen's websites, perfecthealthconsultingservices.com and k-r-i-s-t-e-n harperspeaks.com. Now is the time to take your health to the next level and become the best version of yourself. Are you ready to live to 100? Join Dr. Joe Casciani and his program that shows us that age is just a number. You can age with fresh and inspiring perspectives, whether it's staying physically fit or keeping mentally fit. With great stories, plenty of advice about successful aging, and brighter outlooks, you just might join those who are living to 100. The Living to 100 Club is broadcast live every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You're listening to Tips to Keep You Healthy, Happy and Motivated with Kristen Harper. If you would like to connect with her, reach out via email to Kristen at kristenharperspeaks.com. That's K-R-I-S-T-E-N at kristenharperspeaks.com. Now, back to tips to keep you healthy, happy, and motivated. 
Hello, this is Kristen Harper, radio show host. My show is Tips to Keep You Healthy, Happy, and Motivated on voiceamerica.com on the Health and Wellness channel. That was a great interview with Dr. Leland Stillman. And so before I talk about hypnosis here, I just have some comments. So I am against mandatory vaccination, especially this COVID-19 vaccine. I am also against mandatory masks. I I did bring up the agenda, that there is an agenda. I do feel that the New World Order is being implemented, and I feel like we will have a new president, and I'm really hoping that Kanye West wins, which I actually feel he's going to win. And also, I stand for freedom. I've been a freedom activist for a very long time, and... I feel like we're going through a cleansing, and even though we're going through hard times, I feel like we have a bright future, and if you'd like to learn more about me, you can go to kristenharperspeaks.com, K-R-I-S-T-E-N, harperspeaks.com. I'm a health and wellness speaker, and then also my other website is perfecthealthconsultingservices.com. I offer hair analysis, which I've been doing for such a long time, all the way back. I've been reviewing hair tests since 2009 and then got my first hair test back in 2001 and then I also offer brainwave entrainment quantum biofeedback and nest health and then if you'd like to sponsor the show you would get a lot of coverage because Voice America is the largest live internet radio network in the world and if you're interested you could send me an email to Kristen k-r-i-s-t-e-n at kristenharperspeaks.com I can send you a sponsorship package we have various packages that will meet your needs or you can make a donation to Kristen at perfecthealthconsultingservices.com to PayPal which would really benefit my show. I've been on the network now for quite a long time. I believe it's been over three years and my goal is to do this long term because I, I believe that we have to spread the truth about natural medicine. It is the truth. And also if you could support the show if you could please give the show a five stars on iTunes. The show is also on Google Play, TuneIn, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and others. And if you have any questions for me or just like to give your feedback, you can send me an email to Kristen at KristenHarperSpeaks.com. And also, I do have a local office in Tempe, Arizona, so I actually am having people book appointments online at my website at perfecthealthconsultingservices.com, especially in the afternoons. I'm open to quantum biofeedback sessions and also these other services that I offer. And I'm also working with clients long distance as well. I work with clients all around the world. So basically... I want to go over hypnosis here, and if you go to my website at perfecthealthconsultingservices.com, go to my blog, and I just wrote this article recently on hypnosis and healing, does it work? And I am absolutely not a fan. So for any of you that are not too familiar with hypnosis, um, according to Merriam-Webster Dictionary, hypnosis is a state that resembles sleep however, is induced by a person whose suggestions are readily accepted by the subject. And then also within the dictionary, a suggestion is the process by which a physical or mental state is influenced by a thought or idea. And the Mayo Clinic actually mentions that hypnosis is usually done with the assistance of a therapist using verbal repetition and mental images. So there's 
tons of information on the internet about hypnosis. I've seen websites as well as YouTube videos claiming that hypnosis will help individuals with addictions, PTSD, and other health issues. I completely disagree. And one of the reasons being is I actually went through a hypnosis session in the past, like many years ago, because I had an eating disorder for nine years, went through a session. It cost about $5,000 for one hour, and I saw a world-renowned hypnotist. After the session, and this, I, I, I went to the session out of state. When I got back home, I still had my eating disorder. I, I did not see any improvements at all. I just My eating disorder continued. So hypnosis absolutely did not do anything for me. Also, in regards to PTSD, it's a very complex health condition. It's very involved. And there's some individuals that have PTSD also have a concussion. And I've talked about this on my radio show in the past with Dr. Jeffrey Thompson, who is an expert in brainwave entrainment. So if you go to my blog article, you can listen to the interview about PTSD and concussions. And also, when I had my eating disorder, I would repeat positive affirmations like over and over again however these did not benefit me either so the reason that hypnosis is not effective is because it focuses on thought form the ego and the mind and this is not our true self our true self is the soul consciousness and awareness so what I recommend for most people, and, and in fact, yeah, most people, and actually I think for everyone, everyone should be doing meditation on a daily basis because it's non-denominational and has many benefits. Meditation will let go of the mind, but I'm also a fan of brainwave entrainment, which will balance the brainwaves, the nervous system, the chakras, and you can learn more about brainwave entrainment on my website. So through meditation and brainwave entrainment, you align with your soul, you let go of limiting beliefs and emotional trauma stored in the unconscious mind. So meditation and brainwave entrainment will move limiting beliefs and emotional trauma out of the unconscious mind, will bring them bring the limiting beliefs and emotional trauma up to conscious awareness so that they can be eliminated. So I want to mention here Roy Masters. I'm not sure if you know who he is. Um, I uh, really like his teachings, and he has many books. But he used to be a hypnotist, and he is the host of a talk radio counseling show titled Advice Line, and it broadcasts on 190 radio stations. And Mr. Masters started his radio show back in 1961, and it has been on the air since it started. And he's the founder of a nonprofit organization. It is called Foundation of Human Understanding. And he also is the author and creator of a type of mindfulness meditation exercise. And Mr. Masters realized that hypnosis was not the answer because people were already in a hypnotic state. And his teachings include meditation, which bring a person out of a hypnotic state. And there's a quote by Mr. Masters here. Hypnosis is behind 95% of all your mental, emotional, and spiritual problems. The hypnotic state is the root cause of every kind of suffering. And it's amazing. I interviewed him on my show in the past, and he is wonderful. 
full of knowledge and he's helped so many people. And also in this blog article, I mentioned Sadhguru. And he has been at some events, and he's actually done some events with Dr. Chopra, who's a world-renowned physician, and he talks about the difference between hypnosis and meditation. And meditation is all about awareness, and there's no suggestion. However, with hypnosis, it has nothing to do, it's, it, it's, it's nothing spiritual, it's a psychological condition. It's a mental exercise, he states. And hypnosis is associated with unawareness. And so you, you can watch this video with him speaking. And so basically, just to sum this up, and I'm going to end the show here, um, I recommend Reading the Power of Now. It's one of my favorite spiritual books by Eckhart Tolle. Meditation is my recommendation as well. And everyone should be meditating on a daily basis. And then brainwave entrainment is beneficial for most people, especially those with PTSD. If, you, if a person has PTSD, brainwave entrainment is absolutely essential because meditation is not enough for them. I mean, they can still do meditation and it's still recommended, but they need more. And I, I do believe that brainwave entrainment is essential. So basically, meditation and brainwave entrainment will quiet the mind and you will align with your soul and it's all about awareness consciousness and uh, so I, I just recommend you check out this blog article and uh, Eckhart Tolle my favorite one of my favorite spiritual teachers he states this is a quote you are not your mind so wishing all of you a healthy and happy week thank you for being a part of the show this week Tips to keep you healthy, happy, and motivated with your host, Kristen Harper, can be heard live every Tuesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Kristen can't wait to speak again next week. 